Gentlemen, support for KOTL is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-belt grooming. But let's be honest, you are going to use it for your abs. You're going to use it for your chest. You're going to use it, man. The summertime is coming. You are going to thank me. Trust me, I tried it. It's got the six-pack approval. It's safe. It's easy to use. It's cordless. You could, I mean, you could get it wet. Don't worry. This thing seems like it's going to be dropped and keep on moving. And not only will you thank me, but your girl's going to thank me. Please support the podcast that has supported the community all these years. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use promo code KOTL and pick it up at manscaped.com. Six pack lapping at, and today we have a uh, 76 kilo equipped world champion. And let me know if I say the name right. Here's the moment of truth. Agatha Sitko? It's mostly right. I'm mostly right. <laughs> my, my surname stay, starts with a sound that sounds like Shitko, but Shitko. I don't know. Yeah, something like this. Agatha Shitko. Yeah. See, you just got to throw like a fake accent on there. And it makes it, uh, it makes it sound better. But um, thanks for coming in. Uh, we were just talking before we start recording that you're actually a student going to school for mathematics and um, you had started powerlifting in 2019. But before that, you were saying you actually didn't do a whole lot of barbell training. No, I trained at home with some dumbbells, with some bodyweight movements and the pull-up bar, but I never, I didn't do any lifting. Which is wild. Because you got so strong so quickly. And that's 2019, which isn't very long ago. Um, so before this, like, did you, were you aware of the sport of powerlifting? Like, did you know it was a possibility? Oh, well, I got into this whole kind of healthy lifestyle training diet thing pretty early at the age of 13. But I found out about powerlifting very late, like, when I found out uh, that the sport exists, I went to the gym to try it to see. Right. So a few months before I went to the gym. Wow. So is powerlifting, what is it like in Poland? Like do people, because in terms of gym culture over here, everybody goes to the gym. And I, I, when I say here, I mean, North America, everybody goes to the gym. Like there's a gym in every single city. Um, and it's nothing crazy to see people squatting, benching and deadlifting. So people are, are aware of it. If they don't know, they might not know all the rules and stuff and weight classes, whatnot, but they're aware that like, you know, squatting and deadlifting, whatnot is, is a sport and they're aware of powerlifting, even if they don't know who everybody is, but is it like that in Poland? Cause I know Poland has like, I know Marius Pudzinowski was like the world's strongest man and he's famous in Poland, isn't he? Yeah, very famous. Yeah, is he really? That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, usually when I say I do powerlifting, people always ask me what, what it is and I have to explain. 
And often when I say that it's squat, bench and deadlift, then they say, oh, so it's like the thing where you throw the bar over your head. Yeah, we get that too. Yeah, that's true. So I have to show them what it looks like. So I wouldn't say it's very popular here. Gotcha. What about, um, because when we think about like Eastern Europeans, like strong and strength sports, like is strength sports with Olympic lifting and strongman, is that popular in Poland? I'm not sure. Maybe strongman because of Mariusz Pudzianowski and now Mateusz Kieliszkowski. Yeah. But apart from that, not really. I don't think so. What sports are big in Poland? Uh, football, that's for sure. Volleyball and athletics. And when you mean football for like people in North America, you mean like soccer, right? But we, I know it's football. I know it's supposed to be football. That's just us changing because of American football. So when you started getting into powerlifting, what were like your friends and family saying? Were they like, this is, were they supportive or were they like, what is this? What are you doing right now? They were supportive from the very beginning. Yeah. And how did you end up getting into like equipped though? It seems it's such a like equipped um, for people starting out like over North America, classic is way more popular in North America anyways, in a lot of Western Europe, but there's certain parts, certain countries that equip lifting is very, very popular. And um, it's, it seems like a barrier, like to start getting into a bench shirt and whatnot. It's, it's, it's a huge, you got a lot to learn with it, right? Yeah. So I got into equipped powerlifting because of my friends, like Zuzanna Kula. Uh, she really loves equipped lifting and she was like hey try it out try it out and because of our national steam coach because he also wanted he wants everyone to start to compete equipped so ah. they persuaded me to try it out and i did yeah it's cool i guess do, do you which do you do you have a preference do you prefer equipped or classic i prefer classic definitely yeah <laughs> just, just much nicer no, in equipped, it's sometimes hard to breathe and yeah, getting under the bar and you have to take a moment to catch your breath before you can start walking out and tiring. And it's um, oftentimes too, like, it's almost like, I don't know if, yeah, like if like car racing is popular over there, but in car racing, when a car pulls into a pit and the pit crew jumps out and works on the car real quick, changes the tires real quick and gets it back out on the road. It's like that when you, ha- you almost need a team to like wrap your knees, um, you know, help you get your straps on. Like when you're in a competition, there are like a lot of people around you and you only have so much time to like warm up in the warm up, You're warming up to much bigger weight because it's equipped. So it's like, everything's more intense. Like if you got 15, 20 minutes to warm up, you got to get there quick and you got to go very high quick and you got to get into your squat suit out of your bench shirt, knees wrapped, straps, straps down for a little bit. Okay, now the straps come up for the last few. Like, there's a lot going on. It's intense. It's way more intense. Yeah. Some people like it like that. But yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I think classic is much better. Plus, there's more competition because it's much more popular. So, yeah, I want more to. Okay. Exciting. I want to ask you about that. Um, so obviously you've won the equipped world championships, which at your age is absolutely phenomenal. 
I mean, that was, did you, before we get to the classic, cause we're going to talk about the classic and, and the world championships and, and all the rest of it, but going into the world championships, did, were you telling yourself, I think I'm going to win this. I'm going to be a world champion as a teenager. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. I had high chances of winning Yeah. because uh, my biggest opponent, Marta, is a seasoned powerlifter. Like she's been uh, competing for very long. So I knew what I could expect from her. Mm. And I knew that I can put up bigger numbers. So I kind of expected that. And the, in terms of like, because for a lot of people, the way you squat in a squat suit with your knees wrapped, um, the way you bench press, you know, because with the bench shirt on, it's so different than classic. Like your whole, the whole groove and the arc of the bench and everything and, and stabilizing was it hard to learn all that for you? Or did it just like, man, it just happened naturally. Like it just felt right. So with the squat, it wasn't actually that hard. Like it's hard to hit dev, but once you do this once, it's like much easier. For the bench, I started in a very loose bench shirt to learn how to bench. And then when I bought the new one, I started with touching only to some blocks and slowly mm. going lower and lower and yeah i'm still learning because uh, it's tough i i really struggle to get the touch in my bench shirt and then the press is very difficult so i'm still trying to find the perfect place to get the touch yeah it's a. Uh... It's so important for controlling on the descent. I remember talking to some people and they were like, look at, if you get a tight shirt, you need a certain amount of weight just to touch. Otherwise you can't get it to touch. But here's the problem. If you don't know what you're doing and you have it loaded on that certain amount of weight, which is going to be heavy, then like you might end up like tricep (laughs) extensioning this thing over your face. And it's scary. It's like, I'm like, man, this sounds, this sounds wild. Yeah, it happened to me once. Oh but my God. Fortunately, I had good spotters, so they catch the bear. It'll rattle you. I seen it once live where the guy is like, let me try this out. And he, he did exactly that. And it came towards his face and he's like, we're done, man. Take the shirt off me. We're good. I don't, I don't want to learn it that bad. There's a big learning curve. That's why you becoming a world champion uh, that quickly. Is that like rare for to see someone as a teenager you know, what are people's reactions to this? That it's like, look, at I just started 2019. I'm still a teenager and it's equipment with a huge learning curve, so much to learn. And now you're a world champion. I mean, I think people are impressed. Because <laughs> I, I would say it just seems like crazy. I was talking about you on the most recent podcast and i'm like it's crazy that we have teenagers now walking around even what you're doing classic um you know you did in the gym the other day 575 and you're a teenager like it does it almost doesn't make sense like it's um if you'd have done that much so quickly like jessica bittner has been powerlifting i remember her in 2016 she was a world champion junior and she's like 577.5. So for you to, and, and maybe she's got a little more in the tank, but maybe you have a little more as well from that day. So it's like, you're, what you're doing now at 19 as a teenager, it's exciting to see. And like, everyone's like, what will you be doing in like five years? 
you know, like your ceiling could be God knows where. It's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. So talking about um, classics, like the classic world championships and you were saying, you know, it's, it's more popular and there, there seems to be more hype around it. I remember talking to you previously and you were not sure if you're going to do classic, but you were, you wanted to do the world games and the world games for anyone listening comes around once every four years. It's a multi-sport event with like track and um, you know, all the other, a whole bunch of other sports and people from all, all the different athletics from all over the world come to the world games. It's on like television. It's very well sponsored. There's a massive opening ceremonies. It's crazy. It's, it's a really cool, massive event. Um, so it's, it's as close as we got so far to like the Olympics, basically. Mm-hmm. So you're targeting the world games, but powerlifting doesn't, because it's only equipped right now, maybe in the future, it'll be classic, but right now it's equipped in the world games. So the powerlifting community is very much leaning into the classic, right? Mm-hmm. Even in Europe, I guess I was going to ask you, um, if it was more equipped or classic, but it sounds like it's more still, even in Europe, it's like, even in Eastern Europe, it's classic. That's more popular. Is that right? I think so. At this point. Like, is it close? Like, is it in terms of popularity? Yeah, classic is definitely more more popular. Is it? Okay. So that's where some people don't realize, like in powerlifting community, it's weird because um, they don't understand how big the world games is like the world games. When you see pictures of the opening ceremony, they're in a stadium and there's thousands of people there. There are, there are like so many different sports from so many and people from countries all over the world in every single one of those sports, there's like an athlete's compound, like the Olympics have, like where the athletes stay. It's like, um, we don't get it because it's equipped powerlifting only and equipped isn't as popular as classic. So it's like we we have like this massive event that powerlifting's a part of, and we just don't fully appreciate just how big it is. You know, do you feel yeah, that as well? I'm guilty of the myself. I didn't <laughs> really know what World Games was until I competed at World Championships in 2021. So I'm definitely guilty of it. And people, did people tell you afterwards, like, listen, this is big. This is really, really big. Yeah. Right. I was at um, Powerlifting America Nationals and Chloe Dublin was there. Chloe Dublin uh, lifts and equipped and whatnot. And um, she was like, are you commentating the world games? And I'm like, ah, like I got a day job. The only, I can only do so many different events. So I did the American Nationals, World Championships, Classic world championships juniors and um she's like do you realize the event you're not doing if you don't go to world games and she showed me some pictures of like the opening ceremony and the stadium and the whole and i'm like oh my god and she's like man she's like just being there is gonna be wild i'm like oh man but um i don't i don't know equip lifting like as as well as i do classic and uh, like in all the classic lifters, but so you were targeting the world games and we were talking about it and you're like, ah, it's really close. You know, the world games and the classic power uh, world championships. And, um, but you were thinking about it and now here we are. So what was, what was it 
um, that made you decide I'm going to do the classic world championships as well? So the national team coach uh, called me on the day of the of the nominations, the right. final day of the nominations. Yeah. And he was like, hey, Agata, you'll be first in the nominations. Maybe I send your nomination. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was talking about to him about this and I said that I would like to go there as well. But he was like, well, but it's so close to the World Games and we should probably give it up. And then he called me and asked if I want to go there too. And I was like, yes. Let's go. It's, it's, um, so in Poland, is it, is powerlifting get funded from the government, like athletes? It used to, but they, the Polish Federation lost the lawsuit in 2020 and we lost the, the government funding. <sighs> Not anymore. Damn. And does, um, so the way it works, it's the national team coach that really puts in, like kind of tells you what path you're going to go. You don't really decide yourself. The national team coach is like, we're going to have you do equipped. You can do classic. And they kind of yeah. decide like that, or is it kind of back and forth decide? It's uh, back and forth. More. Yeah. But yeah, it was also about money because I obviously going here and there. And then I want, also want to compete at the, junior worlds because all my friends are going there and they want to go there with them to have some fun and they just didn't know if i would have money to go to this event but the world games being so close but... here's the thing um so i feel that because it's a lot you're traveling all over the world right and, it, and it's expensive hotels flights the whole nine um food whatever and but if if you start winning some of these big events That's when sponsors start coming around yeah. and start being like, Agata, we can help you out. You could do more events this way. Have you got sponsors that came forward yet? Yep. I'm uh, working with SBD. SBD so Same. <laughs> yeah, God bless, man. SBD, usually when they see talent, Um, they're going to reach out and they're going to be like, let's, let's work together. Let's try to get you at as many events as possible and try to alleviate expenses and, and help you out. Um, so once you signed on and you made it official that you're going to the classic world championships, how much of a change have you seen in terms of like the powerlifting community with talking about Agata Shitko from Poland? Well, yeah, it definitely gave me some popularity. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Everyone seems to be hyped up about the 76-kilo class, so that's really cool. Do you, um, did you expect it? Did you expect this kind of reaction when they found out that you signed up? Mm, not really. And now that you got it, And now that you signed up and everyone's like, oh my God, are you, what's your impression? Are you thinking like, this is exciting? Does it, is it like, oh my God, I'm nervous. Or are you like, it is what it is. I already am a world champion, you know? So this is, it's just a moment to be a part of it is, is fun. What's your, what's your impression? Like, how do you feel about it? Because look at, at 19, I think I would, this is pretty crazy. Let's be honest. This is crazy for like a teenager to be in the middle of like a global event with like everyone around the world talking about it. Yeah, I'm definitely very excited. Not really stressed, 
because you know I know I have a lot of a lot more years before me right. to do a lot more. So yeah, I'm just excited. I'm really happy I can be a part of it, and I just want to do well. It's um, I mean it's true. When you're 19, it's like this isn't going to be my only championship. It already is, and I already have been to one and one. So you have the benefit of being like, I'll be back several times. If I don't win this one, I could win the next one. I could win. Like you could have like, you could have 15 more open world championships for all, you know, so you got, you got, you got time. Right. So it's not as much pressure. Um, but it is, it's like the first big one, even though you did equip worlds, this is like a showdown that everybody's buzzing about mm-hmm. and everybody's all hyped about. And there's like a lot of different weight classes at this IPF world championships, this one in particular, we just did a preview show that'll drop after this. And all we had four hosts. All of the hosts were like the 76 kilo women is the number one showdown that we don't know what's going to happen. And we're most excited. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here. You could flip a coin. It could be Agatha. It could be Jess. Nobody, nobody's sure how this is going to go. And all of us were like, we gave confidence points. so. We for the fantasy, the powerlifting fantasy league that like I know you've seen uh, that we've been pushing hard on on our social media. Um, you say who you think's going to win, and then you give a number with how confident you are. Okay, so the highest number you can give is sixteen. That means you're very confident they're going to win. The lowest number you can give is one. That means you're picking them to win, but you are not confident. You don't know, and. All four of the hosts, their, their confidence rating in the 76s was one. Because we were like, I got no idea. This is too close. It could be anybody. Anybody could win this. That's how close it is. And when it comes to sports, that's what makes it so amazing to watch. When you're like, oh my God, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, are you like, so when you're going in there as an athlete like that, is it like, how do you feel about it when you're like, I don't know either? Or do, or do you know? Are you like, I think I know what's going to happen. Uh, um, I just want to win. So I'm going to say I'm going to win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but of course, I don't know what's going to happen because just competed recently and she had a lot left in the tank. So I'm not sure what to expect from her anymore. Right. Well, I think she'd say the same thing about yourself, though. <laughs> She's probably like, I don't know what I get just capable of. I mean, every time we see you, it seems like your numbers are going up. And um, right, so uh, do you even know where your top end is? Is it right now when you're 19 years old and every week your numbers are going up? Are you like, I'm not sure what my top end is. I don't even know on that day. Yeah, definitely like that. Every time I set a lifetime goal, I hit it a few months later. So <laughs> I just stopped doing that completely. Well, this but, is yeah. this is it. This is where, like, when you're talking to your coaches, um, and it's almost like they're like, "What do you? What do you? What's your top end squat?" It's like I'm not sure. I've never been in a showdown this big. If I have the adrenaline going through my body, God knows, man. Uh, let's just see how the openers work, and let's let's go. Mm. <laughs> it's. It, yeah, I mean, have you t- have you thought about? You don't have to say your opening numbers and stuff, but is this already stuff that you kind of have in mind, or mm-hmm. what? Yeah, 
definitely. It, it, different uh, combinations to hit a certain total. Yeah. And it, when you're coming up with these plans for the combinations for your totals, um, is it purely just how you feel like looking? If I feel great, here's a number. If I feel good, here's a number slightly less. And if warm up doesn't feel good, um, we go to this conservative number. And it's just based on how you feel. Or do you sometimes think about what Jess might be doing, the number she might be had? Do you think about that at all when you're watching her? You try not to think about it and be like, man, I, I, I can't focus on that. It's definitely more about how I feel than what she will do. But you, when you're when you're on the day of, what, do you do you try not to pay attention to what she's doing in her day to day in her training, or it's tough because she's everywhere? But are you? Do you try to be like, I don't want to see it? No, not really. Really, okay. I, I know some people um, even block the other person sometimes, not because just not like the, you know whatever personal reason, but they block them because they're like, I got man, I don't want to see this. This is getting in my head. I'm overthinking it. And other people are like, eh, it is what it is, man. It doesn't really matter what they do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And the chips fall where they may. Definitely much more like that. Yeah. It uh, has, having done the, cl- the equip world championships for experience at a world championship level, like you were in classic world championships last time as well. But now you, you've done like, how many world championships have you done now? three i think three okay so and this is obviously the biggest show there like some people are like so i tell people i'm hyping up oh my god this is a lot for a 19 year old and some people come back and say well she's done a bunch of world championships she's done you know and there's no question that helps for experience it makes you calmer because you know what to expect um you know going into a different country having to do a weigh-in, having to do, you know, equipment check. And like, you've done it. It is what it is. Uh, the officials in terms of the world-class standard, you know what it is. You've done it. So there's something less stressful when you've done something over and over. For sure, that helps. That experience helps huge. But then it's like, but there can be people who've been around for 10 years in the sport and done world championships every single year. And they won't be in like a moment like this where it's like, Oh my God, this is, this is a huge showdown with somebody like Jessica Bittner. So that is entirely different. Um, Do you, do you feel like, so how do you feel? Do you feel like, like what would happen if you didn't have those world championships previously and you jumped into this showdown with Jessica Bittner? Would you be like, oh my God, this is, this is too much for my first world championships? Well, it would definitely be a lot more stressful because it's a whole different uh, level competing nationally and internationally. And you have to talk in a different language and stuff like that. It's much more official right. and there are much less people, you know, so yeah, that would be very stressful, but now that I have some experience, I'm just going to have fun. There's something about um, when, you, when you're on the rise 
when you do it with appropriate steps, it's easier. It's like if there's a step here and a step here and you try to jump and it's too high, it's that's tough. But when smaller steps, when it comes, the opportunity comes, now you're ready. You're like, okay, I'm glad. I'm glad I did everything else I did. You know, any mistakes you made previously, you learn from them. Even at 19, like you're, you've done multiple world championships, even as a teenager. So you're relatively ready. You know, you're not as, as new as people think just because you're a teenager. It's like, yeah, but she's a world champion in the open. You know, like you've done it. You're not as, as green to this as everybody thinks. Right. So, um, and in terms of, um, when you got into the sport, in 2019, who did you start following on social media? And, and, and did you have people that you looked up to? Not really. I made, a, I made an Instagram account after the World Championships in Norway. So oh. I didn't really follow anyone. I mean, did you, oh, what? Okay, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I watched some compilations on YouTube, like on Strength Central, I think. Yeah. So I knew about Jessica Bittner, for example. But yeah, I didn't have Instagram. Whoa, that's pretty crazy because everybody's on Instagram, right? Is is um in Poland is is Instagram and powerlifting? Is it just not as big, or was that just yourself and other people are just on me it? and my family? Okay. And uh, so it. In Poland, do people listen to the English podcasts about powerlifting? I certainly do. I don't know about others. But it probably depends on the person. Right. English is a pretty, pretty popular language in Poland. Everyone learns it. So I think most people would listen to it. And did you listen to English speaking podcasts? Um, yeah. about you did okay yeah. <laughs> right so, so you did you listen to king of lifts good well so um so if you so once you started getting instagram obviously you're watching the youtube videos so you know all about jessica bittner then yeah. <laughs> so when you did you think back then when you won the equipped worlds that someday you're going to be in a showdown with jessica bittner yeah I, you did I think about it much earlier. So it's like the best in the 72 kilo weight class because I used to compete in 72. And I was like, yeah, that would be so cool to meet her one day and compete with her when I was just, I don't know, totaling 400 kilos. So <laughs> even back then, I was already thinking about one day competing in the open and competing with her. It, um... How crazy is that, Agatha? That like you were thinking when you had a 400 kilo total, like someday this will be crazy. Someday it'll be me and Jessica. Um, and how, what year was that? Because that couldn't have been that long ago. Well, 2020, I think. Right. Which like, look it, when you're 19, two years feels like forever. But when you're my age, two years is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely didn't expect it to happen so quickly right? <laughs> myself no kidding it's wild um yeah it, it's it's pretty crazy how quickly you've developed going from you know looking and, and like when you're watching jessica bittner on those youtube videos you hear her on podcasts and then now when you listen to the podcast when we do the preview show some people are thinking you're gonna win like and this is jessica bittner you know, going from being like, oh my God, 
it's Jessica Bittner. Like she had the biggest total of all time at 72 and then moved up to 76 and became a world champion. And you're like someday. And you didn't even know someday would be real quick. <laughs> real quick. Um, hard to it's hard to believe. Uh, so in terms of like how much, if Jessica Bittner wasn't there, because Jessica Bittner is right now a huge star, obviously, right? And when she, when she posts, she'll get like 16,000 likes on a post. And like when she's like, you know, it, it's crazy the hype she has around her. Um, if she wasn't in the classic and she wasn't competing and she wasn't in your weight, or even if she was, but she wasn't in your weight class, would it mean as much? Does it mean, is it a little more because it's more of a moment everybody's watching and you're a part of a massive showdown? And when you become a part of a showdown, the doors that open, companies like SPD, like if you beat Jessica, look, I got to you beat Jessica Bittner to be a world title. Oh my God. I don't know what's going to happen. You, you know, you're going to be on a lot more podcasts. <laughs> right? You're going to have a lot more sponsors come out. Um, so does, were you thinking about this kind of thing? Like, does it help you make that decision? It, like if Jessica wasn't around, would it not be as appealing if somebody like, like a big massive star like Jessica wasn't there? Hmm. I'm not sure. I still want to compete in the classic worlds, but maybe just not as quickly. Like maybe I would uh, focus on the world games this year and compete there next year, but with the showdown, it's just much more exciting. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like you're, you're right. Like you have a lot of time to do the classic, but you don't know what, who's going to show up in any given year. Like the world championships for classic will be every single year from here on out. Right. But the people that are there and who you compete against make the moment either like it's going to be special no matter what, but this is crazy special. That's where it's kind of like, if you, if you're a basketball player and uh, do you know who Michael Jordan is in basketball? Okay, cool. <laughs> like your face is like, come on, man. <laughs> it's like, I'm from Poland, but I'm not from Mars. Like we know basketball, but I don't, I don't know what sports are big there, but, and plus you're young. Michael Jordan is way before your time, but, um, it's like if you're playing basketball and um, you got a chance to play in the NBA, but you might be able to play against like Michael Jordan. You know, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, that's the game I want to play in then. Right. It's like, uh, you know, so I know what you mean where it's like, look, at, I plan on coming to the world championships. But if I could come this year and Jessica's there, like if, if Jess wasn't there, you know, maybe just focus on the world games and I could do I can do classic next year. But you don't know if Jess is going to be there next year or the next year. You, you Probably, but you don't know. But she's here this year for sure. Like you, you can't, doors open and close. Opportunity comes and goes. You know what I mean? Like that's what I noticed in life. People take for granted, it'll always be there. That opportunity will always be there. No, it won't. You got to go say yes. Like when you told your coach, yes, I always tell people say yes. You got nothing to lose. You know, you got nothing to lose. Just walk in there and, and experience the moment and embrace it and enjoy it. Uh, because it won't be like this every single year you go to Worlds. Not this hype. As a matter of fact, your first Classic Worlds is going to be insane. And then after that, 
you may be like, damn, man, I started on the biggest high and it's all downhill after this. <laughs> Could be. Then there are other other people to beat. Well, this is true. Maybe I'll change the weight class and compete oh, with the Lawrence. Oh, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're right. Look at people come from everywhere. Um, Carlina from New Zealand. I, oh, you've probably yeah. seen her. She looked phenomenal. Yeah. She did a 581 or a 582. I forget, but she looked really, really good in New Zealand. She couldn't make it to this world, but uh, she's going to do the Commonwealth championship and she'll probably be at the next world. So you're right. There's more people, no matter what coming, always new people coming. And then, um, and then possibly moving up. Like, have you, uh, you know, cause you're 19, you know, who knows at some point you could move up. What are some of your plans in terms of, um, you know, competition? In, like when you look at the future, do you see yourself staying, jumping back and forth, classic and equipped? Do you see yourself staying as a 76 for like four or five years? You're going to compete with Jessica back and forth. You win, she wins, you win. She, and you have like a rivalry and it's really big. And you go to, you go to Sheffield and you guys both are in Sheffield. And it's like, you know, um, you guys have that going on. Or are you like, look at, I'm going to, I'm going to pick a lane at some point. I'm only going to go equipped or I'm only going to go classic or, uh, or maybe you move up. Like, what are some of your goals when you look ahead? So for the weight class, I'm not planning to move up currently. I want to stay in the 76s for some time. And when it comes to classic and equipped, I said a lot of times that after the world games, I'm going to take a break from equipped and focus on classic. But then again, people start telling me about squatting 300, uh, totaling 800 kilos. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I just do both. <sighs> it's tough too, though. Like training and equipment, it, it, it's very different than, than classic to a large extent. Is it tough to try to prep for both at the same time and be like as good as you can be in equipment when you're doing, you're going to have to do a lot of raw days. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't do um, all equip training and then hit the platform and do raw. You're like, oh my God, this feels way different, <laughs> right? Like, is that difficult to do both at once? Well, not really. I mean, it would definitely be better to focus on one, but I don't think it affects me as much as some other people. Mm. I still hit a lot of raw training because I do full SBD sessions six times a week. So just giving up on one of these and doing a quick step, it still gives me a lot of volume and skill practice for classic. And then I can add weight and the equipment. You do SBD sessions six days a week? Yes. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> That's huge. Because... Uh, I was going to dive into this because your schedule in terms of competition is insane. Um, like you're competing, like it feels like every week, like you are constantly competing in, I guess your body's ready for it. Cause you do SBD sessions six days a week. I mean, I constantly say that I should start competing less, but then it always ends up the same. But I don't treat most of these competitions very seriously. So it's like a training day. Like, for example, the Europeans, I didn't go all out, just hit some heavy singles. 
That's well, I mean, it's going to be crazy to see you go all out. <laughs> if that was if that was you just having some fun, just mucking around a little bit, have a little bit of fun and that's what you do. Um so how long are these training sessions? Mm, usually takes two to four hours. Equipped sessions much longer, but that's obvious, like five, six hours maybe. But if I don't have time, then I can do a whole SBD session in just one hour. Like for example, between uh, lectures at the university, just go and quickly hit a one hour workout. That's insane for soft six days a week, two hours to five or six hours. That is, that is intense. Like you were all in on this, like you were extremely all in on this powerlifting and you're going to school for mathematics, university for mathematics. Um, like do people at your school realize what you're doing? Are they, do they know you're a world champion powerlifter and everything that's going on? Maybe some of them. But we don't talk about this very often. This is wild because you do it six days a week and you do so. It's like a, it's like a, they're going to find out. If you know, what's crazy. If somebody's beside you in a math class and you guys are like studying on like equations and all the rest of it and like, they could know you for like 18 months. And then at some point when you're on the Olympic channel, your, your, your session's going to be on Eurosport and millions of people are going to watch it. Like, you know that like on Eurosport, millions of people are going to watch this. It's also going to be on a Latin network. I keep forgetting to double check what network it is. Either way, it's going to be on television all over the world. Millions of people are going to watch it. You realize like some people at home are going to be like, holy shit, Agatha. <laughs> I mean, like, you never said, <laughs> what have you been doing? You're like Batman. You have a double life. <laughs> you, during the day you're in school and at night you're like smashing weights for six hours. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, what is going on here? <laughs> do, you, do you just not like bringing it up? Is it easier to go to your day life and you don't talk powerlifting, so you can just be like fit in. Well, I'd rather talk about powerlifting, but if someone doesn't know the sport, then it's hard to talk to them about this. Well, that's true. That's one hundred percent true. I I remember I had a powerlifting competition coming up, and a lady at work's like, "You got a competition coming up?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." She's like, "I thought so because you look more tanned, and I know you guys have to get tanned for when you go up there." And I'm like that's bodybuilding. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like that's, I'm like, but you know, you get it so often and you don't, you're just like, sure, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. You're like, I don't even want to explain for the millionth time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm basically a bodybuilder, I guess. Um, but yeah, I kind of get it. And is it, so when you're balancing this, is it tough to do that life balance? You got university level math, you got up to five and six hour day training sessions. Um, do you have like, how much time do you have for like your personal life? Or are you just extremely driven? Where you're like, I don't chill. I don't hang out. I don't go out and party. Gym is my personal life. Like most of my social life happens at the gym and at the, the different meets. So yeah. I don't have a lot of friends outside of powerlifting. And yeah. So I don't go to parties often and stuff like that. You party but, at the banquets. 
it's um look in terms of like window of opportunity like we were saying earlier you're in a big one right now so you might as well go all in and do the best you can and just focus on it i mean when you look back like when you're like a teen in early 20s you could just party party for whatever and just not chase goals but that's everybody you've ever met in terms of like how many people at your age found themselves at a global international event like world games representing their company at a massive heavily hyped showdown like against jessica bittner at classic how many people will ever experience these moments it's like nobody nobody you're going to meet in real life it's it just doesn't happen this is as special as it gets so if you got to miss um you know some party nights or whatever that's an easy trade-off <laughs> right that's an easy trade-off do you find um like like it, it can impact to an extent like do you ever get where uh you get burnt out from it or you're not even close to that right now yeah, of course it is. I mean, gym is the best part of my day, so I love going there. Sometimes when I'm at the gym and I have to do a set of nine, I'm just like, not again. <laughs> it's easy to get friends, definitely not close to a burnout. Right. And I guess when you look at it and you see the people that are in your session, like you also have Kimberly Walford show it up, who's literally, Kimberly Walford is the greatest powerlifter of all time. Like that's, it's crazy, Agatha, that you're 19 and you're like, all right, so I got Jess Bittner, who's like the biggest star in powerlifting right now in the IPF for sure. Uh, maybe powerlifting period. You know, when, when she posts, people go wild. Uh, when she shows up in events, there's a lineup to meet her. And then you also have the greatest powerlifter of all time in Kimberly Walford there. It's crazy. Um like, do you ever sit back sometimes? You're like, I can't believe this is all happening, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, do you have, are the people around you, like your coach, your national team coaches and the people you train with, are they also like thinking that this is wild? Every time I send something to my friends, they're like, whoa, my goodness. Whoa. It's like yeah, hyping it up even more. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, and that's why you end up with friends in the powerlifting community the most because they're the only ones who're going to understand. Like nobody else is going to get it. They'll be like, "Who's Jess Bittner? Who's Kimberly Walford?" And you'll and you'll be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what do you mean? Who's Jess Bittner?" You know, like it's crazy. Um, but people in powerlifting would be they must be like beside themselves right now. Like your last year, like last year at this point. If we just go back one year, Agatha, you had not done Worlds in Sweden as a junior. You had not done Worlds equipped in one. And, you, and you're not walking into the World Championships and World Games in a month and a half. Like your whole world has changed in a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this has been a very productive year for you, young lady. <laughs> but uh, so in terms of... Um, goals for the classic like would you be comfortable saying what you think you you think is like what do you think wins the classic world championships in the 76s what if when you think of the total what do you think is the winning total do you, do you I mean, know do you have thoughts on I, it 
I think we're actually both capable of hitting 600 kills, so it might be that. Oh, shit! That is, that is incredible. If you guys go close to 600. Um, the big thing I know that a lot, it's a huge discussion on is the travel. For, you know, for North American people, it's, uh, it's like a full day. Like we're talking, or more. It could be like 29 hours, depending on your layover. Oh. Yeah, it's huge. It, like uh, I, for instance, I fly to France. I have a 12-hour layover in Paris, which ain't bad. It's Paris. You know what I mean? Like if I got to be a layover, if it's a two-hour layover, you can't do much. You're probably just sitting in the airport. If it's 12 hours, you can leave the airport and, and, and tour around. And if it's Paris, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Of all the cities in the world, um, I'll take it. So, but, but it stretches it out. And then the time zone change, the time zones change for North America is like, there's several time zones. Canada is so big. Me and Jess are both in Canada. And the difference between me and Jess is a couple hour time zone. It's like different time zones. So the time zone from Jess to me, then to Europe um, is freaking it's, it's, it can be tough. And that's for Kimberly Walford. Cause she's same time. Kimberly, same time zone as me as well in the U S. Uh, so are these factors like what are how do those hit you what kind of travel is it for you for south africa and um is there a time zone change for south africa nope it's oh. the same place as in poland that's a huge advantage for, yeah advantage yeah and the travel will take i think 14 hours it's not small it's not not small but not as bad as 40 hours so Right. No time zone change. That's much better for me. The um the time zone change, people said, like in terms of adjusting, um, I've talked to some people, like I I previously did like a reality TV show with tons of travel. And this one dude who's a producer who created the TV show had he's like a uh travel guy on tv that like he had a tv show that was only travel i just traveled around north america on that on the show i was on he did a show and he was the executive producer for my show but he did a show that was like all over the world everywhere and he's just visiting places on like the travel network and he was telling me so he's he's very well experienced in all this and he was telling me um pretty much if you want to be a hundred percent and not everyone's the same but if you want to be hundred percent, every time zone change, give yourself a day. So that means if you go travel five time zones for you to be hundred percent, you need five days to, to acclimatize, to get ready. You need five days. Now, some people are going to be like, I, some of these people are, are freak athletes physically. So maybe that's a normal person and a freak athlete they could bounce back and handle it quicker, probably because they're different, but they're still, it hits you, man. Time zones, like that's real. You know, it's, it's definitely an advantage. Um, that's why God bless a guy like Brett Gibbs. Do you know Brett Gibbs? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, even though you came to powerlifting late, uh, cause Brett hasn't been around for a little while. So, uh, so I'm glad I'm so happy. You know who he is. If you're like, who I'd be like, Oh no. But, uh, but, um, God bless Brett Gibbs was always traveling to the other side of the world. He went from New Zealand all the way to Canada 
and uh, beat Russell where he in Canada to win the world title. So freaking, um, I mean, it's, you know, it can happen. You just got to be ready for it. So that's a pretty big advantage for you. Have you done what traveling have you done? Um, have you done some big travels for powerlifting yet? No, not really. The world last year were in Norway, so it wasn't that far away. The Europeans this year and last year were in Czech Republic, so it's like a few hours in the car. And then junior equipped worlds in Romania, that's also a few hours in the car. And mm. junior classic worlds in Sweden, and that's also the same time, time zone, a few hours in the plane. So all, it all happened in Europe. So far. yeah yeah that's not bad at all it's it that's uh this so this is going to be the biggest and then usa for the world news oh yeah well there we go now you got to travel that'll be the time zone changes for you yeah. look at um give yourself some days to acclimatize give yourself some days before the event to adjust your body adjusts but it takes time um but you are, again, like you're a freak athlete too. So your body probably adjusts quicker than normal people, but still you want to be as good as you can. If that's an option, and sometimes it's not an option. I talked to team France and they're like, we don't book our flights. We don't book our hotels. The government does all that uh, because they're paying. So it's not up to us. So, I mean, sometimes it's an option. Sometimes it's not right. Um, kind of is what it is uh, in terms of, um, your progress. So last time at junior worlds, you were like, I think you, you hit like around 500 kilo total, right? Yeah. And now it's like, how you like me now you're absolutely, you're like, you've, you hit 575 in the gym, you've hit in the five sixties on the platform. What was the major difference? Was junior worlds just not a great day or did you progress that much since last summer or last fall? My gym total at the time was like 520, I think. Okay. I just- did very poorly, but the biggest change was start, when I started doing SBD six times a week. I just keep adding and adding kilos to my total every week. So the program changed. Look, there's nothing quite like just work. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I worked harder. <laughs> it basically is what it is. Um, who does your programming? I write them myself. Holy what? So you just like, so if you, that is wild because you're, you're, you're 19. Now, obviously you're super smart. You go to school for math, you know, numbers, you know, formulas, um, you throw numbers on a spreadsheet. I'm pretty confident, right? This is your game, but how did you, you just basically, how did you go about it? Do you just basically be like, look, I just keep adding more and more until I find that sweet spot or mm-hmm. <laughs> no. like, like did you do for you do you if you're because you're your own coach doing a programming did you like read what other people do watch videos what other yeah. people do and like you took things okay who who were, who was it that you what videos were you watching what were you reading who were some of your inspiration for your programming so for that six times a week, uh, it was Madvena. He talked about his program. He did the same thing. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I should try it. Madvena from Canada? Yeah. Oh, holy. Okay, so that's <laughs> kind of random. Because he's not even like a massive star, but he's, he's big enough. 
but he's Canadian too. But no shit, you know your powerlifting. You follow people, okay? Candido, definitely. Sure. Tony Candido, yeah. And I don't remember the last name, but I mean there are a few more. But a video here and there to just learn the basics of programming and. Um, and that's a major thing is, uh, that's why like knowing English and being fluent in it is such a big positive is being able to take in like powerlifting programming techniques. Um, Pena and Coco Clement were on the podcast talking about it, uh, previously were like in France for a while there, you know, English isn't that well spoken in France. Like you were saying in Poland, a lot of people do speak English, but they were saying in France, there's a lot of people who don't. And in powerlifting for a while there, there was like a barrier we're just like all of this information that's being passed around on social media, YouTube, blogs, um, American coaches. You couldn't even get an American or European, like Western European coach, um, because if you don't speak the, the common language English, it's not, it's going to be really difficult. So for a while there, France had that barrier until they're like, look, I'm learning. Coco's like, I learned English just to learn powerlifting. <laughs> he was like, I had to, you know, um, so it's a huge asset uh to be able to do that do people in poland like are a lot of the powerlifters in poland are they fluent in english and they follow what other people are doing or no i think most of them yes because we learn english in school okay it's a great level so yeah because it's a huge asset and even not only just learning about it, but even be, being able to come on a podcast and talk or listen to podcasts and hear what people are doing and whatnot. It's huge advantage if you, and, or if you didn't, because you do powerlifting programming. Um, and I know you're crazy busy going to school and everything. Do you program for other people too? No. I have you thought about like it? I, I don't feel like I have enough knowledge and experience to coach someone. Plus I not, I just wouldn't want to work with people. I don't think it's for me. What if it's, um, I mean, it's interesting because I would be, I know a lot of people would be interested in somebody who's like going to school to be a mathematician and work for numbers, a world champion powerlifter. And like, I think it'd be bonkers just to see what you do. Like, like six days a week, SBD. Like, I think it's, it's super interesting seeing what other champions actually do and whatnot. Um, I bet you, you would have people asking as well, especially if you win the world championships and beat Jess and beat Kimberly Walford, um, you're going to get offers for sure. Uh, and who knows, look at your student in terms of a source of income, just keep the door open is all I would say. But, um, yeah, I mean, it would be, although like, look, six days a week, SBD sounds crazy. So you wouldn't want to throw that at everybody that comes to you, <laughs> but uh, you never know. Um, I mean, it's a possibility. Do you think, do you think you don't want to do coaching because it might change the way you look at powerlifting or why would you, why would you say like, you don't want to do coaching? Good. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I have enough knowledge. I would be afraid I'd uh, do. I'd hurt someone with this. So mm. that's the thing. And, yeah. 
It, uh, it depends on, here's the thing. And I respect that because you don't want to do, you know, just take someone's money. If you're, if you're not, if you don't think you're ready for it on the flip side, there's something called imposter syndrome where when you become really good, really quickly, and this happens to a lot of people, right? Especially like Joe Rogan talks about it a lot. Um, when you become really good, really quickly, imposter syndrome comes where you start telling yourself, um, I don't, I don't deserve this. I'm not this good. I'm not, I can't do this. I don't know. You know, you start second guessing yourself and you're not sure. Um, but I mean, it's, it, it, it depends on, uh, you know, maybe a couple more years and you keep doing your thing, but there's no question. You know what you're doing. You're in and out of equipment. You know, you've, you've done it. If you win, even no matter what happens at this world championships, if you come in with a silver, you're going to be, even if you're a silver, let's say Jess wins, it's a silver medal at the world championships. And you're going to do amazing anyways. Like you're going to do amazing. So it's like, you're already set up that you're going to do well. Um, and the more you do, the biggest thing would be is if you take people on as clients, it's just starting small and working with some new people and um, they're going to progress with what you do. And you just started off little by little and adding more and more to it. But uh, I don't know, man, I would be, I would be intrigued with the possibilities with somebody like you who could do this. What are, what do, do you not know yet what you want to do? Cause you're 19 uh, for like the rest of your life is like a day job. I haven't thought about it a lot, but I probably end up in something like a data analyst. A data analyst? Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I, yeah. It would be the wildest, man, because um, you just don't think that people are like world champion powerlifters and data analysts. Maybe you do. <laughs> Maybe you do. I don't, I don't even know. Maybe you do. Um, I mean, actually, you know what? You talk to guys like Jason Tremblay from the strength guys who coaches like Taylor Atwood and they're super like they're data nerds because they like crunching numbers and like, um, you know, you take, that's why I think, you know, I'm not trying to push this on you, but that's why you could probably be a good coach because you would get the data back from your athletes and be crunching the numbers and be like, and analyzing the data would be like, well, how do I move your squat? Let's move you to doing this kind of volume and this kind of intensity but um, that's where it'd be fun. I mean, you do it with yourself already, right? It's kind of the same thing. Um, but uh, who have you thought about ever working with another coach, like like a coach? Um, so they take over just so you don't, like they to an extent just kind of oversee things and you don't have this. Because sometimes as powerlifters, we have an attachment to numbers, for instance. Like you tell yourself, um, next week I want to hit this number. The week after that, I want to hit that number. And you might walk into the gym and be like, you might load it up because you've already told yourself, this is what I want. Whereas a coach steps back and can watch the warm up and watch certain things. You'd be like, today's not that day. You know, yeah, that was a plan, but they're not as attached to that number. They, they could pull back and be like, nah, you know, that, that do you, have you ever thought about getting a coach? just to do that for you i'm actually working with a coach he takes care of the equipped side of lifting and of some accessory work to fix my imbalances mm. but when it comes to raw i just do it myself like he looked at my program and he said that it makes sense it works so there's no need to change it so. Mm. 
you know what? Jessica Bittner is doing the same thing with Eric Helms. Um, I had uh, Eric Helms on the podcast who coaches Jessica. And um, he was saying, and, and I had spoken with Jessica previously as well. And she was saying as well that um, she'll essentially write the program and what she wants, because she knows like what gets the most out of her, but she'll give the program over to him to review it. And he could watch the videos and watch things. And he could at least say, listen, the, like this looks good. And it's working, obviously, just like your coach is doing with you. But if things got a little sideways and things got a little weird on her and she's like, okay, well, I'm not sure what's happening here. She does have somebody to be like, okay, let's, let's talk here because I noticed this with your bench. I noticed your squats are a little high or, or, um, you know, I think you're going a little too aggressive uh, here and there. Right. So it is good. It's okay to program for yourself, but it is really good to have somebody there. Who's like, let's talk about this. And they can review your film too. And be like, you're squatting a little higher right now you don't but like some people do you see it where like is nobody telling you how often you see somebody posting videos and it's like um their squats are usually kind of high and then when the competition comes like well didn't have the meat competition that i wanted it's like well i guess not (laughs) (laughs) like is that what your coach does for you does he like check your form like do you submit videos and stuff like that yep and and i might have a concern i just text him to see what he thinks about this right right well there it is too um everybody needs somebody like that is your coach going to be with you who's going to be with you when you go to the world championships Uh, only the national team's coach and um are you gonna have like family friends no one like that will be coming no not really they can watch on eurosport how be be honest how fucking cool is it to say watch me on tv It's feels nice. How the other kids at school before you leave, and half of them don't even know your powerlifting. Before you leave on Friday, you're like, oh, by the way, turn on Eurosport. Your girl's gonna be lighting it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's more of an American thing to do, isn't it? (laughs) You're like, you're like, we don't talk like that in Poland, my man. (laughs) That's not how it's done. That's not how we carry ourselves. Um, do you, do you guys, is podcasting popular over there in Poland in general? Do people listen to podcasts a lot often over there? No, I do. So. Do you? Cause I was talking to people and they were telling me that podcasts isn't nearly as big in Europe in general, but we listen to podcasts like crazy over here in North America. Maybe it's not as big, but I, I don't know. I have a theory that this guy's full of shit. <laughs> I think podcasting is big everywhere. I'm like, nah, man. He said though, because um Europe is closer, like you don't have as much transit, you're not in your car as much and stuff like that. So people uh, like all the cities and everything is far more condensed. So he's like, there isn't these big drives in. Um, so podcasts aren't as big. But I'm like, my man, I work from home and I listen to podcasts like crazy. So <laughs> I got no drive. So I think that podcast is still pretty big. Hmm. pretty much you're probably right yeah i mean it is is. i want to get to know you a little bit uh before we let you go here on the personal side so people get to know you um more on a personal level so when you were in high school how would you have described yourself oh 
I was socially anxious, with low self-esteem and not a lot of friends. Really? In, so how is that different now? Has powerlifting helped you with all that kind of stuff? Definitely a lot with mental health, with social anxiety, because I have to talk to people, to write mails, answer phones and stuff like that. And it definitely brings your self-esteem up a lot. So. It's, um, I know it's crazy because I experienced the same thing, like lifting weights, but there's something about what it does for your confidence, just being stronger. not even like necessarily bigger it helps being like muscular or whatever strong people see you and they know you're strong it's a little different but there's something about being physically stronger a human that makes you more confident in your day-to-day life i don't know what it is but it's true like i could feel it for sure like being a stronger human being when you walk into a room there's something about it when you walk in, you know, I'm not that guy who's like, these people don't know I could deadlift a little more than me, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not saying I'm that guy, but there is something to the point of when you walk in a room at work and it's just average everyday people, you do, it helps, man. It's hard to put your finger on, isn't it? Uh, and it definitely gave some, it gave me a goal to pursue a reason to just to do something other than just sitting at home and watching yeah. anime. Watching anime, did you say? Yeah. Oh, you're an anime watcher. Everybody's an anime watcher in powerlifting. Um, <laughs> but uh, in, in it, that also increases your confidence in terms of even if not everyone's going to be a world champion like you, right? Like, obviously, like they're almost nobody you are you jess kimberly are like the one percent of or probably less than one percent that start powerlifting but anybody who starts lifting weights you can benefit from like having like you said having a goal and having a purpose and having a why and you benefit from going into the gym and feeling yourself getting stronger and being like the discipline and your commitment to that discipline. So when you start being like, I'm going to go in four days a week, let's see what happens. And then you're like, this is good, but it can be better. And you set a new goal and you're like, I'm going five days. And you know what? I'm splitting SBD. I'm doing every day's SBD. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going six days. And then all of a sudden, it's not just the fact that you're getting stronger, which helps, but you become more confident because you're like, holy shit. I am disciplined. I am hardworking. I have goals. And when you're a human, you can tell when somebody is disciplined, hardworking, has goals, that person is going to carry themselves differently than somebody who has no goals, their disciplines, whatever, you know, they're not driven. They're not, you know, they haven't seen accountability where it's like, I have a set date that I have to show up and I'm literally getting tested in front of the world. And I'm fine with that. That's di- that'll build character. You know, if it, it, for sure, powerlifting can change you like that. You know, and some people, they don't have that. And it doesn't matter, like, if you're a world champion or not, set goals, learn discipline and, and, and start, like, see what your hard work does. It'll change how you carry yourself. You know what I mean? I definitely need much more discipline not to go to the gym than to go to the gym. 
Yeah. It's harder to take a rest day than to go to the gym and see. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that wild that um, it's harder to take a rest day? Like people, are like, is it tough to go to the gym every day? And you're like, no, it's tough for me not to. I'd go seven days if I could. Yeah, definitely. It's it's uh it's something that people can't wrap their heads around. And um, well, think about this. Here, here's another way. This is what I talk to somebody about. I, I track my macros like crazy. All right. I got to, because I got girls who want to freaking have flex offs at the, like a bodybuilding show at the world championships and make me look bad in pictures. <laughs> Everyone's coming after me. Uh-huh. Jess, Jessica freaking do with our pose down in pictures. But, um, so I have people who, who all the time are like, you track your macros, like in what you eat in calories every single day. Like I weigh my food, very disciplined and, and I stay on point. And, um, I got people who are like, yeah, but you're like, it's tough because you're like a slave to having to, to having to weigh all your food and your process, you're a slave to your process. It's tough for you. Like, I feel bad that you have to do that. And I'm, and I'm approach it with the same mentality you do where I go, nah, brother, I feel bad for you. You're a slave to your impulses. You tell me you can eat whatever you want. I tell you, you give in to your impulses. And I feel sorry for you that you don't have that discipline. Discipline is freedom. My impulses, wanting to eat this and that, don't control me. Like I, 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 I'm not a slave to that no more. It's the opposite. You know, when you like, when you're driven and goal driven and disciplined, um, you just look at it differently. It's not about you have to go in six days a week. You're like, nah, I don't get to go in seven. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It is different. I know what you mean. You turn that corner. Um, and uh, it, it's, it becomes like a lifestyle, doesn't it? Yeah. When it comes to tracking macros, I'm, for example, just so used to this that I, it would be weird if I didn't do that. Yeah. Like, when I don't track macros, I just don't know what to do with myself. Just wondering all the time, did I hit my protein? Should I eat something with protein? Can I eat more because calories and stuff like that? Yeah, this is well. You're a data analyst. You, you want to be a data analyst. You want data. This is so people think too. I track my macros, so they're like, um, "Oh, you're always dieting." And I'm like, "Dog, I eat like three thousand calories a day, my man. This isn't. I don't just track my macros because I don't want to eat. I want to eat less." I track to make sure I eat enough. Like it takes calories. People's mentality with it is backwards. I'm like, no, man, if there's, like you said, if there's a day I need to know if I haven't eaten enough, like people are like, um, if you're traveling a lot or you're super busy, sometimes I forget to eat. And I'm like, forget to eat. I'm like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Never in my life. Yeah. I had a skinny friend in high school and he was really into photography and he told the same thing that he sometimes gets so much in the work that he forgets to eat. And I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> I know. Don't you be hungry or something? Yeah, it's called hungry, my man. But um, yeah, there, there is, it's just about, because uh, it's because you're not eating, people think because you weigh, you count calories, weigh your food, you're eating less. But I'm like, no, man, my goal, I can like, I can increase my calories slowly over time very slowly, like 25 more calories, um, a day, every week I'll do 25 more 
and then I'll do 25 more. So when I, for a little while there, I had an injury, I tore my calf and I couldn't do my steps. So I usually do 10,000 steps a day. And, um, I gained, I didn't lower my calories, even though I wasn't walking. So I gained weight. And uh, cause I'm like, nah, man, I'm sticking. <laughs> right. And, um, so I gained weight. So I had to take the weight off. So then finally, like, damn it. I did it to myself. So I slashed my calories, lose the body weight. And then I stick to the 190 pounds that I want to be, that I have been like my most of my adult life, but I'm not going to stay at those calories and you can increase your calories slowly every week, 25 calories on 2000 percentage wise is nothing like your body's like, I don't even think we ate anymore, but you did a little just enough for your metabolism to adjust and it gets a little better and you can speed up your metabolism over time. This is what Lane Norton talks about reverse dieting. So I'm back up to 3000 and my body weight's still 190 pounds, but it takes forever to do it. But if you're like, just like you with programming for weights, if you take the data and just slowly add a little more, just like you slowly add a little more volume and your body adjusts and add a little more volume, I just slowly add more calories and my body adjusts back up at 3000 calories and we're, we're rocking and rolling, man. <laughs> right? I'm not that strict with macros. So <laughs> like I sometimes hit 2,500, sometimes 3,000. And last weekend I didn't count calories and just at the end of the day sat down and was like, wait, how many calories? They, they turned down around four. A thousand? Woo wee! Four thousand, got a girl. Even a little bit more, and I was yeah. like, okay. nice. <laughs> See, it's whatever works, though. Everybody, like, obviously, you could still make seventy six, so it doesn't really matter. Um, what foods do you like? Oh, my favorite food is grilled cheese sandwiches. What's that? Sorry, grilled cheese sandwiches. Like grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah, and really? Eggs with that request every day Damn, that's gotta be well you know what i guess there's a lot of calories in cheese like you use real cheese not like cheese slices mm, depends but like yeah. Yeah. i i loves me a good grilled cheese sandwich don't don't get me wrong um but uh is there like what's a polish food pierogies and stuff and sausages and stuff like that yeah Pierogies are probably the most popular. Was that? I don't eat. Pierogies are probably Pierogies, the most yeah. Popular. yeah. But yeah. I don't eat it very often. Like when it comes to dinner, I most often eat chicken in some form. So, like chicken with rice and vegetables and stuff like that. You got You got to eat a lot of chicken and rice and vegetables to get the four thousand calories. <laughs> Well, on that day, I just ate a lot of different foods, like a kebab, some oh hell yeah, cheesecake made of food. Oh hell yeah, and yeah, and I also drank a lot of calories. What were you drinking? Do you drink booze? Uh, I drink a lot of energy drinks. Oh, got you. Monster you... and stuff. Yeah, energy drinks will get you for sure. Um... That's why I do like, like, I haven't done pre-workout in a long time, but um, do you do like pre-workout and stuff like that? No, just caffeine pills. Yeah. Coffee. 
I'm a caffeine person as well, but like fucking, so I've done some of those pre-workouts and when your face is tingling and you're like, have you tried it? Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, this is like, yeah. And, And I don't know, like, how long do you want to do that when your face tingles and whatnot? It depends, man. Like some of it, some people swear by it and they smash some big weights though. So I guess it depends what works for you. Right. Yeah. But uh, what music do you listen to? Uh, in the gym, mostly Linkin Park, Slipknot and other metal stuff. Oh. Outside of the gym, mostly K-pop and whatever. <laughs> That's totally different. <laughs> the K-pop and Slipknot. Holy smokes, Agatha. You got an acquired, you got a, you're a well-cultured young lady. <laughs> Where, how did you get into K-pop? Uh, I, my friend showed me some BTS clips because she was really into BTS. Yeah. And at first I was like, nah, it's not for me. But then the videos kept popping up and I was like, okay, I'll give it a try again. And so at first I was really into BTS and then I slowly started listening to other groups. That algorithm got you. You watch yes. one video and then after that, you're like, ah, right, let me see what this is. You're like, oh no, I'm a K-pop fan. <laughs> oh no that's why i can't watch it man it'll probably get me too and i can't be i can't be watching and listening to k-pop I'm, I'm gonna lose all my credibility but if i watch one video and they keep throwing them at me i'm like god damn it i think i like this it's like a secret i gotta keep um what about movies what's your favorite movie and favorite uh actor i'm not a big movie person oh, really much more into books and anime but when I was younger, I really liked Gladiator. Oh, yeah. 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 And the main actor. Russell Crowe? Yep. So, that's, an, that's an older one, too. I think that's before you were born, right? Maybe. I think it came out in like 2002 or something. What, what year were you year, born? 2002. Was the year you were born? Yep. Fuck. Agatha. Do you realize? Holy shit. Shit, are you young? I got a I got a hoodie that's from 2002. I think I got a G Unit hoodie from 2002. Well, I'd be 20 years old soon, so I don't really feel that young. But I guess it depends on your perspective. <laughs> this is right. We're having a, a moment right now of perspective, right? But yeah, you got a lot left to go. Um, listen, I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm going to see you in South Africa. So obviously when you see me, come up and say hello. Is there anybody that um, you want to thank or uh, any sponsors you want to thank before we let you go? Definitely thank you to SBD for giving me the opportunity to go to South Africa. And thanks to my friends and my coach who always support me and family. There it is. Look at Agatha. Good luck at the IPF World Championships. Um, You're going to have a blast no matter what. I mean, it's going to just, if I could give you any advice is um, it comes and goes so quickly, just be in the moment and embrace the moment. Cause when you're older and look back, you like, you're going to hope you did. Cause it does like these opportunities. I know it's come a lot real quick. The next five years may never be as big as this. This is a big one. So just appreciate it and be like, man, I get to be here. Not, I have to be here. I get to be here. Like that one clip I posted. This type of pressure is a gift because people care. People care about what you're doing right now. 
there are so many things in life nobody cares. Some people go through their whole life and never have a moment where anybody else cares. Everybody cares right now. Everybody's watching and it's a moment. And no matter what, you're going to do pull and proud. You just do your best and you're going to make pull and proud. And everybody supports you proud. That's all you got to do. You can't promise a victory, but you could promise your effort. So that's it. So that's my advice to you, my friend. Um, I'll, I'll see you in, uh, I'll see you down there. Um, good luck with everything. Good luck with training. And uh, man, I'll see you, I guess, like in a couple of weeks. Thanks. See ya.